Sounders, keep your shades anchored and where they belong during life's greatest feats. Head to soundergoods.com and use promo code KTTC to get 10% off and free shipping with any order. You're listening to the Keef to the City podcast. Here's Neil Keith. All right, so the Yankees return home for one of their final two home stands after a five and one road trip. Uh, it really could have been six and zero after taking care of business with a sweep over the weekend in Atlanta. They take two of three at Fenway from Boston. The last time they'll head to Fenway this season, and they really could have swept it had they played a little better on Monday night and just gotten one more hit and, and nearly had that with a, a just missed walk off grant or not walk off but go ahead grand slam from Didi Gregorius in the ninth inning. Uh, but now they're home for a 10-game road trip, and then they'll have another one at the end of the month. Uh, the season is quickly winding down here, as now we've had four weeks left until the regular season ends. And uh, joining me today to talk Yankees baseball, as he does before, during every home stand, is uh, Bald Vinny, Vinny Milano from the right field Bleacher Creatures in Section 203 at Yankee Stadium, um, and also Bald Vinny's House of Tees on River Ave outside Billy Sports Bar. Vin, how's it going today? Doing pretty good, Neil. Thanks for having me on again. Hello, Yankee fans. Uh, back for another week, and uh, yeah, crazy, crazy, crazy week. You know, we we have the benefit of talking uh, before every homestand, which is kind of good because you kind of glossed over last homestand. <laughs> so we spoke. <laughs> you know, we had such such great high expectations uh, and high hopes. Uh, you know, and especially the way that homestand kicked off, uh, but it didn't quite end so well. And uh, I like how how you, you bust right past that. And uh, we went right to the road trip where, where we did do uh, kind of turned around a little bit and uh, and played some good baseball. So yeah, I'm looking forward to this week. I will say it seems like every time we've done one of these, which is usually at the uh, right before the homestand starts or right after it's begun, and the Yankees always seem to be doing well because I feel like we always have positive things to talk about. And we outside of Stephen Drew's miserable season, which is turned around recently, which we'll get to, and outside of pr- trying to predict the season before the year. I feel like every time we're about to do this, they go on a little roll, so we have great things to say about everyone. And really, it hasn't been the case like that all year because it's been a pretty much up-and-down season with crazy winning streaks followed by awful losing streaks. Um, They've played well against some of the best teams in baseball, and they've played horribly bad against some of the worst teams in baseball. So it's been a weird season, but now that a season-high 16 games over five hundred, trailing the Blue Jays by one in the loss column here... uh, I guess we we would have easily signed up for this five months ago. Yeah, I mean, like, who would have thought, you know? Uh, and I feel like, yeah, we do mention this every every podcast, the, the streakiness um, from the very beginning. You know, it, we were going through some putrid stretches. Thankfully, it really hasn't been that bad as of late. Um, but, you know, we, we've been waiting for the other shoe to drop, you know, so to speak, uh, pretty much for the whole season. And I know you, it's quick on your tongue, and I know I'm sure it's very, very high on your list. Uh, we always seem to bring them up every podcast, but, but it's Mark Teixeira. And really, <laughs> it's going to be the whole um, that, that we have in our lineup, you know, and, and the missing of him. But, but really, like, the thing that, that boggles my mind is, like, what is up with this dude that he just cannot heal like a normal human being? Like, <laughs> most people get injured, and then they get well. This guy gets injured and he's done for like months. Like, what? What's up, dude? Ribs are like the rib cage. Are like, dude, how long are you gonna be out for a bone bruise? Like, I when I was a kid, I wrestled 
poorly, very, very poorly. But I wrestled, <laughs> and I got hurt once, and I had a really, really bad bone bruise on my ankle. Um, like, really terrible. Like, I could barely walk. But I was, like, high school. But, like, I could walk. I mean, I made it, you know? Like, this guy's been out for a month already. Like, what's the deal, dude? Like, why, why does he not get better? That's really my biggest thing. Like, obviously, yeah, we're going to miss him. Um, it's a very big hole. I, I can't understand why this guy just does not heal properly. <laughs> well, I feel like people always say that normal people's injuries can't be compared to those of professional athletes, but sometimes you have to disagree <laughs> because, like you said, this guy, the littlest thing will keep him out of the lineup for long stretches, very much like Jacoby Ellsbury, and it was it was the same when he was with the Red Sox. It's become the same story this year. He was healthy for just about all of last season, but this year he's, he's sort of reverted back to that, you know, I mean, the, the fact that he sat out the final game of the series at Fenway um, on what Girardi called a healthy off day, but then mentioned that his hip still hurts from a sliding right. catch days ago. I mean, right. Right. I just right. don't get it. And for Mark Teixeira and for for him to talk about how he felt so great this year, he could see himself playing, you know, five more seasons and talking about cool. how this is, a, you know, a team he thinks could get to the World Series. And here he is in the most important games of the season, letting a bone bruise keep him out. And granted, in the time he did come back, he could barely run, but he could barely run when he's completely healthy. So, you know, sure. to put his sure. bat back in the lineup, it, we're not asking the guy to go out there and go first to third on balls to right field and ask him to steal bases. Just, you know, right. get get a go little tough. Play, you know? Right, go out there and be a gamer. I mean, I'm sure he, he is hurt. I don't want to discount his injury um, whatsoever. And, you know, you go back to the, the Ellsbury thing. I think the difference between the two is Ellsbury is more of like one of those quote-unquote nagging injuries that's just going to pop up uh, over and over again until you get an extended period of rest. And any little bit of re-aggravation is just going to re-aggravate it and make it more difficult to play. Uh, the thing with, like I said, the Teixeira thing is just the, the not healing and not getting better. Um, obviously, I think hindsight is twenty twenty, and of course, you could say the Yankees did him a disservice by bringing him in, uh, you know, to pinch hit and then play the, the following day. Um, you know, we obviously see that now as a bad move. He should have been off of it. Um, probably DL'd right away for the 15 days, at least keep him off the seat. Um, you know, now it's turning into something a little bit longer, and I just hope, you know, we can get through it. So far, Greg Bird, you know, filling in admirably, but I don't think it's taking very long. Uh, for the league to figure out that when you have them in a two-side town, you bust them in with high fastballs. Um, you know, River Avenue Blues posted a fantastic graphic uh, at the end of that Boston series uh, outlining his two-strike pitches and everything was a high fastball. Um, so, you know, eventually the league's going to catch up and figure out. Hopefully he adjusts uh, and, you know, can fill in while we need him to so touch this back on the field. I started the podcast by talking about, you know, the 5-1 and one road trip. We're in a good spot, and then you went and turned it on I me. Mean, now I'm all fired up about sorry, the injuries. Sorry, and... dude. I'm so used, you know what I mean? I'm so used to, like... You're usually, to, you know, Mr. Know, You're usually Mr. Positive. Yes, I'm sorry. Well, you know, of course, I, I have to withhold every time Dee gets a hit. I have to withhold either texting or tweeting you. You're like, <laughs> I hope every time Dee gets a big hit, you think of me. Because, you know, <laughs> like, uh, you know, I was on the Dee Glorious bus from... Way back in the beginning, when nobody was on, nobody was on the DD bus, the ball Vinny. So, uh, that's one of those guys I'm really happy to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, the order. Uh, you know, that last game of Boston was put on a hip parade. So, that's really great to see, especially when, you know, we have the, the big bat out on the top of the line. Well, a lot of people have been asking me when I'm going to apologize to him for, uh, you know, all the negativity <laughs> I gave to him for the season. And, 
and I think he he's getting close to the to the point where that that could be uh, in the realm of possibility. But along those same lines is Stephen Drew, who you know he's hit now for four days, and it's suddenly like people forget about what happened for the last four plus months. Right. Uh, and and, and while he's again, this is another thing we say every podcast. He always seems to be on the precipice. Oh yeah, of every time. Being, being gone. And then he just strings together a couple of days. You're like, oh, wow, this dude kind of actually hit, you know? Yeah, and it's almost like maybe they should have just had Ref Schneider on the bench all year just to keep him motivated because as, as soon as he's <laughs> about – there, there was probably three or four real times when – not even Ref Schneider related, where I thought that Drew was going to get DFA'd. He was at the point where enough was enough, and then he would hit a solo home run, or he had that big hit against right. the Mariners in Seattle. And then when Ref Schneider came up and he hit that home run in Fenway, I was like, okay, well, that's the end of Drew. We're not going to see him anymore. But then he went like 0 for 10 against the Mariners after the yeah. break, and they sent him down. And now, you know, September 1st is 24 hours away, and Steven Drew, all of a sudden, he can't get out. Right. <laughs> that's it, man. You know, that's. Can't predict baseball season. That's, that's <laughs> what we love about this game, you know. Uh, yes, I'd love to see it. Uh, we for weeks, uh, we in the bleachers, we called them big game, uh, mostly as a and obviously an ironic nickname, you know, big game season. Joe, big games up, big games up, and you know, I just started talking about it on Twitter recently, and now we're making fun of it because you know, coming up in some big spots, getting some big hits, and you know, we mentioned this before when we were rolling. Uh, and scoring a lot of runs, um, you know, through a particular stretch, you have to get production from your whole lineup, you know, in order to be successful like that. And these guys at the bottom half of the order, you know, heavily included in that punch, you know, uh, Beltran's not going to drive in all the runs. <clears throat> Ellsbury and Gardner, Gardy was slumping for like a week and a half. Just starting to hit the ball well, you know, towards that tail end of that Boston series. So, you know, other guys need to pick up a slack, and, and it's really... It's fortunate that this week Steven Drew was able to do that for us. Yeah, it's kind of crazy that for all the runs the Yankees have scored in the last few days, it's really been the bottom of the order that it's doing a lot of it is Gardner and Ellsbury, who, you know, I joked but before Gardner went on that crazy run in, in July when he was just getting a hit every time, I had joked how, you know, he's the type of guy where he'll go 17 for 40 and then he'll go 0 for 25 and then he'll sort of do it yep. again. And he's been like that his whole career. So when his average got up to 310 or whatever it was almost at at one point in late July, I knew it was going to come crashing down at some point because that's the guy he's been for, you know, since 2008 when he got called up. And now here he is again in the 270s as it's been sort of a rocky road. And Ellsbury has pretty much been the same guy. And, and the idea that, you know, he's getting $153 million to be a lesser Brett Gardner is crazy as it is. But when those two guys, you know, aren't getting on base and it seems like it sort of goes hand-in-hand hand with the middle of the order. And those top five hitters, they either, they either always seem to be going at the same time or always seem to not be going anywhere at the same time. I know. That, that's kind of unfortunate. And that's just the cyclical part of baseball, I think. you know, And that's kind of the hindrance of having such a long season. You're going to go through these prolonged periods where you're not going to cover off the ball. Uh, and then you're going to go through these spots where you're not. You know, the, the hard part is timing them up um, to when they're most important to you. So... Now that we're entering the last four weeks of baseball, this is the time that you want to see everybody starting to get out of those little funks. You know, that, that August, August dog days, you know, everybody talks about them. They're hot, a lot of traveling, um, long games. It's, they're hard to, to get in and focus. But now it's September baseball and now it's the tenant release. And now you kind of, once the calendar turns or something about it, um, you know, it's like a mental thing or I think fans feel it too. It's like a, yeah, you know the playoffs are around the corner. Um, you know you have a lot of games against the team that's right in front of you, and your destiny is in your own hands. You could 
make it or break it right now, and you want to see all these cylinders start firing. Um, so you, you, know, you take away the positives. Yeah, the bottom of the lineup was hitting uh, it last with Boston series, and hopefully Guardy's starting to hit a little well, and Beltran's been our hottest hitter right now. So uh, everybody keeps it going. Back home, those big 10-game stands, uh, that, that series against Toronto should be something. Uh, when it comes to the pitching now, Luis Severino has you know become the best pitcher on the staff and the one that I trust the most because it seems like Tanaka goes in and out of consistency. Pineda, because he was injured, uh, he did have a good start the other night, but you don't know what you're going to get from him. Nathan Avaldi, everyone seems to think you know has been better than he really actually has been. Uh, and and then with the back of the rotation, um, you know Nova has just not been good really at all, and CC's hurt. Right. So you look ahead here now, and because. The Yankees are in a situation where it's really going to come down to these seven games against the Blue Jays if they're going to the ALDS or if they're playing the one-game playoff. And that one-game playoff is just going to be <laughs> probably the worst night of my life if it happens, whether they oh, yeah, win or definitely. lose. But at this point, to me, you know, I, I wrote the uh, the one-game playoff power rankings as of today, and to me, Luis Severino, I, I feel most, you know, I trust the most in that game. I <laughs> How bad is that, right? <laughs> How much does that suck right now? Uh, yeah, and, you know, the broadcasters had alluded to this uh, on the road trip, and I know I remember you, you picking up on that, like, Flaherty at one point. I, I, did he even, like, consider Evaldi going as his number one? Oh, my God. Like, what are you talking about, Flash? Something absurd, <laughs> you know what I mean? And you're like, yeah, you're like, wait, what's going on, man? Um, I think I think you got to go Tanaka because I, I I don't know I just think you do, but I kind of agree with you. Yeah, I have the most confidence in Severino. I'd probably let him start a game two or three, uh, and that's saying a hell of a lot for a rookie who's only started maybe like eight eight or ten games. Uh, is that? Uh, so I yeah, I, but you do see great things from him, and he seems cool, calm, and collected, and put together quality start. Um, I definitely would trust him in the playoffs. I, I, I can't play this my number one. I mean, how do you do that? <laughs> you know what I mean? You can't do that. Yeah, and you I know, think every every logical bone in my body is like, come on, dude. But you know, it, yeah. When you when you look at the rest of our our rotation right now on paper, um, with the question marks that we've been having uh, and the inconsistencies, um, yeah, that cer- certainly would seem like a legitimate conversation to have. Yeah, and I think when, you know, with Evaldi, I mean, in that situation, the guy has like a one and a half whip. You can't be having the, the bases loaded every freaking inning right. in a one game playoff. And he doesn't really get swings and misses for a guy that throws 100 miles an hour. So, you know, it just, it just seems like a, a terrible decision. And I wouldn't mind having him in like a game four spot. That, that seems like a perfect fit for him. But, um, sure, I would definitely agree with that. And, you know, he's reinvented himself as a pitcher. He throws really hard. Uh, his control's been up, but yeah, you're, you're, you're right. You're not getting a lot of swing and miss. He's not really fooling anybody. And I, I think in a playoff situation, that does not smell good things. Yeah, and I think it's really tight between Severino and Tanaka. I, I mean, with Severino, he, he doesn't have much experience, so that goes against him, but he throws the hardest. Uh, he, he probably has the best all-around stuff when he's, you know, when he's consistent and when he's throwing strikes. Right. And the idea that the team that he's going to face, if it gets to that point, probably hasn't seen him. So, you know, that works in his favor as well. But for Tanaka, I mean, that guy is, you know, is such a gamer. Baseball is such his, you know, his entire life where he's like the anti-Mark Deshera. And I just feel like he wouldn't let the team lose because it would be like, he wouldn't be able to live with himself if he were the reason that I, I, they didn't I, go that, on. That's kind of why I would agree with you. And that, that's kind of why I 
my first inclination is Tanaka anyway, because I feel like he, he would be disrespecting, he would feel like he was disrespecting the Yankees and everybody if he were to fail in such a pressure situation. So, like, you, you know, you, you talk about the emotions that go through your head, um, you know, getting pumped up and, and things like that. I think a lot of that would play into it. Um, and that's kind of why I would trust, you know, a, a gamer like Tanaka to take the ball. You know, he, he's going to give you, uh, hopefully a gutty gritty performance. And segueing into gutty gritty performances, somebody I did not think was going to throw a couple of bullpen sessions this past week, CC Sabathia. We, we were bringing him up for dung last week, uh, on last week's podcast. So I'm, I'm great, great to see him throwing the ball. Uh, hopefully he's on the mend. But, I mean, what do you, what do you really expect out of CC when he comes back? Where do you, where do you see him fitting in? Yeah, exactly, and I feel like people are like reporting, oh, he's thrown off the mound, he's doing bullpens. I don't think anyone's holding their breath, you know, oh, we really need CeCe back right now because I feel like they're going to insert him as a sixth starter at some point, and, uh, you know, just based off the way he's pitched, uh, it might be better off if he uh, sort of stays out of the stays off the mound for the final month of the season. Uh, yeah, but, I mean, like I said, we, we said that again last week, but how do you get every opportunity to be like, you know what, I'm done. You know, my knee hurts, I'm having problems, got to get a train, this, that, and the other thing, and he could have been finished. But, you know, to show that, that he has something to prove, uh, I'm still going out to the game every day. Uh, I kind of, I, I got to give a little respect to that, man. Uh, no, that's fair. That's I a think, fair I think, he, I, think he, I think he's going to be useful at some point, um, whether it be just in, in the fact that you're giving the rest of our rotation extra day, uh, pro- providing a little length, even if that's his role. Fantastic, but uh, you know, don't don't count CC out yet. Well, the only way they're not going to play in this one game playoff is if they can do something against the Blue Jays, and the Blue Jays scare me. Not, I mean, that that top of their order, they just never seem to go cold. Uh, they've yeah, got David yeah. Price in the front of the rotation, and every time I you know check the score, they they're winning ten to two or something. So this right, this right. final month here and what they've done over the last month, uh, you know, are you scared of the Blue Jays, or do you think that the Yankees will be able to out you know? outwill them they're, here over the last three weeks. I think they're the, they're the only team um, that I feel like is, is going to give us any competitions. They are certainly a scary team, uh, no doubt about it. You know, But we have plenty of games where you're like seven games left. Uh, that's that's quite a bit when you're only a game out. So we can make or break you know, our own destiny right now just by the way the schedule plays out. And I think that you know, in and of itself is going to be awesome baseball. Um Hopefully we're on the right side of, of the way that series turns out, you know, because um, I'd really hate to see us go down the flames, especially with the way we started out. Uh, we're able to ride through the, the middle part of the season in first place. Um, and then we had we were up by, like, what, seven games at one point, uh, and, and having a little down and being in second place is a little tough. So um, hopefully we, we do our own business against the, uh, I guess the Blue Jays. We, like I said, we got them this week. So it starts right away. September should be an awesome month. I've said that if if the one-game playoff does happen, I'll have to, you know, bring a respirator with me to the stadium or something. But I feel like we'll need a – like a vintage stadium performance from the fans that night because uh, whether it's you know going up against Texas or Houston if they overtake them or the Angels if they come back I mean any of those teams in a one game setting especially if you know they're facing Dallas Keuchel who just dominated them at both starts this season uh, I mean that that's it's such a scary proposition after you know day in and day out 162 games over six months and then it's coming down to to one game where anything yeah. can happen it's just it's an awful yeah. mix. 
yeah, I'm not a really big fan of that. Uh, certainly not rooting for that scenario in any way, shape, or form. So hopefully that, that's the last case uh, possibility. Right now we have, what, like a four-game lead in the, in the first wild card? Yeah. So I, like I said, we, we play some good ball through the month of September. Hopefully, hopefully we'll be okay. And, uh, uh, that, that one game playoff thing. <laughs> yeah, and that was. How much do you not want to do that seriously? <laughs> that, that that would really be a, 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 a not fun evening. All right, Vin. Well, we got this ten game homestand. Then they go on the road, kind of. Then they go to Tampa Bay, and then they play the Mets. So they'll at least still be in their own beds. And then at Toronto, and then they come back for that last homestand. But I feel like because they're such lengthy homestands, split up around the month. We might have to do this again next week, just before that massive four-game Blue Jays series. To you know, I feel like we'll we'll need an update on the, on the state of the Yankees for them because to not talk again until September, you know, twenty third, twenty fourth is a long way to go. That's right before my birthday too. So uh, yeah, we definitely need to chat again. And you know, we've been keeping up. I think you know our podcast was kind of gone on along with with their streakiness. So. Uh, we've always seemed to have a lot to cover. Hopefully, they're all positive things as a big ten game set. Uh, really looking forward to some good ball this week. We got to uh, got to make some things happen <laughs> in the box. <laughs> all right, then. Thanks again. I appreciate it. All right, yeah. Thank you.